The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother. And treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Age of Darkness. Whether you're a warrior of the Legiones Astartes, an adept of the Mechanicum, or just a mere mortal in a universe of madness, you'll find a place here. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, coming to you from within the depths of the Vengeful Spirit. Hello and welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, a Warhammer 30k podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'm here with Jason from Heresy Grad School, and Austin, and Dave, from also from Heresy Grad School, but he also shows up here. What's going on, nerds? Hey, guys, what's up? Hey, nothing much. I am sitting here with a triple shot of Starbucks in my hand. I am dead tired. And you're already shaking. But you still look even... phenomenal. Oh, thanks. It's true. It's good to see you, Jason. We haven't had you on the show in forever. Tell me about it. Uh, Dave and I were talking about this last night. It's uh, really exciting to, uh, what do we call it, like returning to the mother cast. Right. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the homecoming. Um, but yeah, as we're all more or less recovered from Nova, everyone's gotten over their crud if they got it. Uh, yeah. Like 95%. Gotcha. Dave, did you catch anything? No, I stayed uh, stayed pretty healthy, man. Awesome. I don't know if it was the uh, the lack of sleep or the moderation of alcohol on my part, which was a first for me at Nova. <laughs> I, um, Fine balance between the two, probably. It, yeah, maybe that's what it was, the balance, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't actually get sick until uh, like the night of the Monday after getting back and Allie is firmly of the opinion that I only started showing symptoms uh, once I had gotten a full night's sleep and all the alcohol had been sweated out of my body. And I was probably sick before that, but my body was just (laughs) too gone to actually try and fight off whatever it was. (laughs) Which I can't argue with, because, well, I was drunk a lot. (laughs) That's what's important, folks. You need that, like, healthy saturation of alcohol, you know, just like that, you know, Slightly sloshed level to get rid of all those germs, but not so much that you shut down your own immune system via bourbon. <laughs> I also, I don't know if you guys did this, but I I prepped going into Nova, right? Like I came home early. I slept late, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, I built in some, uh, I don't know, like some a slush fund. <laughs> so I was... I was ready for Nova, and I got there a day early, man, which helps a lot, I think. I showed up at, like, on Wednesday around noon, and it was the most civil con that I've ever been to, right? Like, I just, I did it right, man. I had valet. I unloaded my car. I put it on a cart. Like a the big guy shot. took it up to my room. Yeah, it was a like, guy I took just, it up it, to your room. <laughs> Yeah, the guy, like I, you know, I gave him 20 bucks and he'd been there for like 13 years, right? So he was like, he he knew the con. He knew what was upon him. That dude's been (laughs) to more Novas than we have. Probably. That's true. They should have called him out when they were saying uh, there there are like three guys that have done all all 10. No, there's four. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. That's next time, man. I'll uh, talk to Mark about that. But um. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a really good con for me. I had a great time, and uh, I wasn't really expecting to 
I mean, this it sounds dumb, but like I, I really wasn't expecting to have as good a time as I did uh, <laughs> at the con, and uh, it was by far my my best. That's really good. Uh, convention. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Jason, how was your uh, con experience? Uh, pretty exceptional for the most part. I went through, let's see, Centurion, Zone Mortalis, and the doubles on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty exceptional across the board. It's really nice to be able to go into an event like that and be able to try like, Oh, gosh. Like, in ZM, I soundly got my teeth kicked in three games in a row, <laughs> and it was a blast every time. Just because I got to try my uh, super stupid um, all Terminators Thousand Suns list. Uh, incredibly entertaining, and I will be <laughs> happy to pontificate at length on the, on some of those games a little later. Awesome. How about you, Austin? Yeah, uh, it it was pretty fantastic. My one downfall was uh, I hosted the the pub quiz Wednesday night, which was a blast. I had a lot of fun. Oh, People yeah. seemed to enjoy it. Uh, weirdly, so the I think the craziest thing that happened for me at the con um, was we went down to the GW reveal, Stephen and I. Oh and, yeah, you know, we ju- <laughs> we just took a seat, and it was cool. Like it, you know, it was fun. But the guy next to us before it started specifically said the only reason he was at Nova Wednesday night was to do the pub quiz. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And I have no idea who he is, bro. I know you're probably listening. Like, I'm sorry. I was already intoxicated. I don't, (laughs) I don't (laughs) professional, professional pub quiz. Um, But that was just the craziest thing that like, that's cool. I didn't Somebody cared enough to like, go the distance and come say hi and, you know, drink and hang out. And that was a blast. Unfortunately, I did lose my voice because even though I know how to project from the diaphragm uh, and can yell for hours at people while standing up, uh, hunched over a microphone is apparently completely different and my voice was just gone. And uh, every time I thought it came back, it just continued to be gone for the rest, <laughs> for the rest of the weekend. So like the next, the next day I was doing, um, was it Centurion that was Thursday? Yeah, I was yes. doing Centurion, yeah. and a couple of times I was, like, trying to explain things to my opponents. Like, you know, somebody never played Wolves before, and I was running a bunch of Death Sword, and I'm just like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, uh, they're real good. Okay. I've, they're real good. I found myself having the same situation as well, where it's just <laughs> terrible. It's like, how did I lose my voice at, you know, Thursday? Right. And also, uh, I'm starting to realize that I am turning into an old person, because uh, come Thursday night, I realize... I was bent over a game table way too long. <laughs> <laughs> so I I, I was remarkably impressed with myself. Um, so I we did the pub quiz. Got to do some jumping jacks. Um, we then went to our room and shat all over Bob Gulliman for <laughs> until like two in the morning. Um, <laughs> that really wow, Bob Gilliman really sounds like a politician's name. <laughs> and that's what he is. Vote for Bob Gilliman. Vote vote for Bob Gilliman. Uh, we did also shit all over Rogel Dorn for some of that. Well, to be fair, he is a terrible person. It's true. And kind of an idiot. Eats so many cats. <laughs> um, but, so like, that that was my night, you know, in actually asleep sometime after 2 in the morning. Woke up at, like, 6.30 because I was just excited to Nova. Uh, Centurion all day. 
think that was my early night. I was in bed by like one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, still not quite sorry. Over. Still not quite over <laughs> the concrug. Um, but yeah, I don't think I was in bed after that before three o'clock in the morning any night. Like I, I did the the late night blood bowl tournament they had, which was mm. a blast. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I think I got like eight hours of sleep total and felt really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> like I never woke up and was like, Oh God, I'm so hungover. I'm so tired. No, I was like bright eyed and bushy tailed the whole time. So that's, that's going to be my that's trick cool. moving forward is just don't sleep, drink mm-hmm. a lot. And, uh, well, I, my sick leave is separate from my annual leave. So, uh, fuck it. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with that plan. Right? Like, I was, I, I called my boss, uh, like, late Monday. I was like, yeah, I don't feel good. Like, I I never do this. Like, I got to call out. I'm sick. And he's just sort of like, you know, okay, sure. You know, he's a cool guy. He's fine with it. Mm-hmm. Tuesday rolls around, still worse, if anything. <laughs> Wednesday rolls around, still not great. Oh, man. Thursday rolls around, and I wake up, like, at the time, I should be leaving to go to work because, mm-hmm. like, I'm sleeping on the couch, so I don't wake up alley, like, sure. the whole thing. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling better. I'm just going to prep for work like I always do, head in an hour <laughs> late, and it'll be fine. About half an hour through my prep for go to work, I was like, fuck, I can't do this. <laughs> Call my boss again. And at that point, I was like, you know, at this point, he probably just thinks that I planned a two-week vacation mm. and just <laughs> <laughs> not showing up to work anymore. Uh, but it was awesome. It was worth it. I'll do it again next year. Yeah. Awesome. See, that's interesting because I went about the whole sleeping thing completely different. Like, I got a solid eight hours every night. I was up by the same 6.30, but it was uh, to work out. Oh, see, there's and your problem. <laughs> see, that's the thing. I ran, like, oh God, Thursday morning, I ran, like, 40 flights of stairs because, of course, those little hotel gyms are terrible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I passed, like, some poor bastard was not taking the elevator for some reason. And he had, like, this armful of, like, you know, those giant Tupperwares with, like, a ton of, like, uh, 40K Primaris Marines in there. And he was, like, trucking down the stairs, you know, wheezing a little bit. And when I passed him like in workout shorts, you know, <laughs> just like you're running up the stairs, the look he gave me was, yeah, that's a little, what the fuck are you doing? It was like murderous <laughs> and contemptuous at the same time. How, how dare you improve your body at this, our holiest of events. Oh man. It's good times. It was all around. Went to that Thai place. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. That Thai place was amazing. Yeah, I know uh, Dave Caro and I and uh, one of Dave's friends, Jamie, we went to the steakhouse on Sunday night because yeah. we decided, you know, we're just going to stay one extra night because I didn't feel like packing all that stuff in after hosting mm-hmm. the uh, strike team event. Yeah, yeah. And that uh, steak place is really good. Yeah, that, uh, that was the one yeah, bad thing. Yeah, it was great. That was the one bad thing about uh, my nights because my nights were packed. So I did the Blood Bowl two yeah. nights and I did Solar War a night and I just had no time. Like my day, my day would end at like 6.30 p.m. and then at 8 or 9, the next event would start. Uh, and I did kind of miss the, you know, group go out and sit down at dinner for like two hours just chatting and drinking. Mm-hmm. I think we should all just stay until Monday morning next time. <laughs> I mean, Austin, you're going to get sick anyway, so just stay the extra night. <laughs> yeah, but you know? it was fine because I was healthy to drive. 
you know, I was healthy to drive back home. That yeah, was the that's important. True, that's true. We'll say it was um, super calm. Like it was just relaxing yeah, Sunday night. It was weirdly yeah. serene. Mm-hmm. Did you stay Sunday too? I didn't. I okay. just heard about okay. it. Okay, it was <laughs> from my house. <laughs> yeah, let, me, just, let me say yeah. something really quick about about the the difference in con experiences here, right? So, like, I I think my con experience was was more like Austin's. I think I I rolled dice legitimately sixteen hours out of every day. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to Ryan bridges for putting on uh the late night webway event so fucking good oh, so much fun um yeah uh it's just really great austin played in that um i did not see jason the whole con like i think maybe <laughs> once or twice like we saw like in passing i was like cool you're playing in this event i'm playing in it so like this is how big the heresy scene has gotten right and so we're all in the same hall but I, I just we were never were never in the same events, and so I think you know the one time we got to hang out was uh, we had a, a Heresy grad school dinner, right? So Jason, Pat, and I went out to Vietnamese. We found a Vietnamese restaurant um, a little bit outside, uh, you know, the the wire, and uh, that was the only time we got to hang out, man. But like I never saw you and Pat. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I don't think really I ever seen Jason. Either, except like we, we met up for breakfast a couple of times. I don't think Jason was ever really Maybe there. Maybe Jason wasn't at the con. Maybe you, were you there for like a business meeting or? I mean, it's a possibility. I did. Um, I mean, I basically just showed up to the hotel to work out and then I. <laughs> just run stairs and make nerds feel bad about themselves. And then I just left. That was, <laughs> that was my Later, morning. Later, nerds. Can, can anyone confirm playing Jason's militia <laughs> army? Oh, boy. Yeah, you nice. were talking a little bit about that oh, before we got online. Nice segue into militia here. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> that was silky smooth. I appreciate it. Uh, it is my firm opinion that Astartes at large are not ready for mortals. Like, I know all we hear about from, you know, the fluff and tons of the stuff Dave, Pat, and I read to you all the time, uh, that the Astartes are the big players in this. I don't think that's the case, because let me tell you, the amount of times I've played across from an Astartes player who has no answer for three Land Raiders and a whole bunch of Medusas and a single Carnadon. Now You love that little Carnadon. God God bless you for fielding that Carnadon. And it's amazing. It's 70 points for three autocannons, and the only time it's ever died is when I played Jesse a while back, and he blew it away (laughs) as an afterthought. Like, oh, I can't reach anything else. Let me just shoot that stupid carnage. <laughs> Kablamicus. <laughs> I've, I've never disliked them as a tank. It's just they're so fucking, like, money-wise expensive. They are expensive, but the first time I tank-shocked a brand-new assault squad off an objective and they broke and fled <laughs> to a 70-point tank. Uh, Ooh, boy. It's those so what, what legion that just... bears that shame? Uh, that would be the Blood Angels and... Uh, <clears throat> you know who you are. <laughs> uh, but it was good stuff. Uh, it was a spectacular game, like a whole bunch of back and forth. Um, oh, boy. Because uh, I played the militia. If we're going to get into this. Um, my 1,500 points of militia and Pat's uh, 1,500 point of super spooky mechanicum. And I don't think that's a matchup people are used to seeing. Like, I know doubles is kind of a game that's a little bit on the fringe already. 
but playing two armies that aren't Astartes on top of that, I think kind of throws people. And I feel like they complement each other pretty well. They really do. Like, um, I swear people forget about fringe rules that don't see a lot of use, like pinning, uh, blind, tank shock. They're things that people seem to kind of discard, like, oh, well, Astartes are, you know, initiative four. They're never going to fail a blind check. But it's a one in three chance to just make a squad of Astartes useless for a turn. It's amazing, and I love photon thrusters. Uh, Conversely, same thing with a tank shock. Sure, leadership eight or nine Astartes probably aren't going to fail that often, but if you make them take three sequential tank shock checks, eventually they're going to fail one. And even if they don't, they have to move physically out of the way of the tank. So you can just, you know, scooch it across the objective and, you know, just brush them away. (laughs) Yeah, it's spectacular. I I think that's the difference between, like, a a competent player, right, somebody who's familiar with the rule set, and and a player like Jason, right, who's just like a – he's like a great tactician. I can say this (laughs) having played against him and then also played played with him in doubles last year. Um, If anything, that was rougher. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it probably because I was weighing you down, man. Um, oh, but, no, not at know. all. Like, our team name last year was spectacular. It was All Mortals, No Mercy. So it was my militia and Dave's Solar Auxilia. And let me tell you. That's a rude amount of pie plates. Yeah, the mech was a step down. Like, Patrick's Mechanicum was the fluffy, friendly option there. <laughs> for sure. Dave yeah. bringing on, like, Oh man, those extra pie plates, yeah. that Malkador and Furnace. It's good teamwork, yeah. buddy. It was it was it was good times. But um but but I think, you know, I think there are two things going here, right? Like so so Jason is just he's a good tactician. He's got a deep like uh a kit bag, right, of, of rules that he can pull from. So like the tank shock and the pinning and the blind. Those are all things that I think if you've not really been playing for a long time. And you you just you you know you're not sort of at that level where those rules are very comfortable for you. You don't know to pull them out. Um, I think it just goes over a lot of people's heads. And and I think the other thing is, uh, we just like exactly what Jason was saying, right? Is I think a lot of people just don't understand um, mechanicum and and militia armies, right? Is they don't really know how to take them apart. They don't really know what makes them tick. They don't know the sort of the weak points where you're supposed to go after them. Um, and then I think it just can become like a war of attrition and you just can't get through enough, you know, especially at, at 1500 points or 3000 points. I think they just bring a lot, uh, at that point level. So, yeah. um, it can be a tough, it can be a tough matchup for, uh, for the, the legions. And I think the other, the other kind of problem as, as somebody who's been playing militia for a long time now, um, is when people first fight militia, because it seems like we're the only meta that has a good amount of militia players. Or really any at all. <laughs> or really any, that's true. I haven't seen a non-Richmond militia army at Nova. Um, but So they don't really play. I'm sure you've played guard or whatever, but I think in their heads, they think the fights, it's going to be like the fluff, right? Yeah. And what does militia do and all the fluff? Die. Die, die horribly, <laughs> horribly real quickly. And for the large part, that's that's what I do. Like, that's what my militia is designed to do. That's what Jared's militia is designed to do. Die in large quantities real fast. Uh, but it's sort of like the Germans 
you would talk, the German tankers that would talk about American tanks. Uh, and they said, you know, they interviewed a German tanker about it. And he said, well, you know, the, the Panther was worth 10 Shermans. The problem is the Americans always brought 11. And that's kind of how militia roll. Like, you you think you're doing a great job. Yeah, I've killed, I've taken 70 models off the board. This is going to be a, what, what do you mean there are still 50 left and I'm still getting, <laughs> like, pie-plated to hell? Just the sheer amount of wounds. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And just watching, like, Jared's, Jared and Jason's militia both just it made me so happy. Because <laughs> I was really afraid that there would be no militia at Nova this year because I wasn't bringing them. There will always be militia as long as Richmond 30K hits Nova. It lives forever in my heart <laughs> and mind. Like next year, I'm bringing demons to everything, but uh, at least my doubles partner will have militia. So there you he'll go. He'll be there. Still counts. So tonight, unless David, do you have anything you want to talk about for Nova? Uh, for Nova? No, man. It was just, I, I, it was a great time. <laughs> great and, time. Uh, yeah. How about you, Jesse? What I mean, how oh, yeah. did your Nova go? I'm also part of this podcast too. Uh, it was a, uh, it was great. Uh, did opening salvo brought the lion with the Nova rules, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think I won any game. Yeah, we had a game. I, we did have a game. We actually, for the first time, played yeah. each other. And Magnus, yeah. ooh, Magnus oh, is yeah, rough. Magnus can be <laughs> he can be such a bitch, uh, especially when he's full of biomancy. Iron arm, um, warp speed. Oh yeah. So, which of you was pretending feeble. to be loyal in that game? That's good. I have. No, I don't know. I don't have a sound for this. <laughs> Victory is mine. Uh, what does this one do? He's, there we go. That's close enough. You should have been playing that just constantly while we were talking about militia. <laughs> That's Show exactly fire in the background. <laughs> Um, it was a great game. It was so Jesse played the lion and Jesse, you had um, some rules for the lion because I know that most people are like, how, how the fuck did he play the lion? Right? Like yep, there are rules the, for the lion and you can, yeah. Yep. Tell on people. the, uh, the uh, Nova open horse heresy webpage, Facebook page. I mean, has, uh, if you go into the files, they have rules for the lion and also a uh, Giganticon and, the angel, uh, Sanguinius, before you know, before book eight came out, both of those are probably yeah. retired. It's all, now. yeah, it's all in the same. Is file. the lion really the last one to not have rules? Yeah, mm. yep, last as he was first. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's going to be interesting, but really excited for that. Uh, yeah, um, still great games on, yeah, opening salvo. Man, it was all a blur for me, too. Um, I guess the high point was uh, the doubles. Carol and I, I managed to, uh, we both managed to make 1,500-point uh, armies. She made her uh, Emperor's Children. She played uh, third, com- third Company Elite, I think it's called. Excuse me. And, uh, yeah, she enjoyed that, and I had some Iron Warriors, play Sons of Olympia. And uh, we didn't win a single game, but it was still a blast. Like uh, Mark Rayleigh from the Grain Legion, he put on just a ridiculous uh, missions to go with the doubles and... Uh, <laughs> It was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm sorry, listeners. I am completely burnt out right now. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody is still, even though we're more or less recovered from Nova, it's still just so much hobby and such a, 
like not even a small package, in a large package. Yeah. And it's still just insane. And I will say, like, near the end, we almost got, like, really just strung out, like, super tired. Like, man, are we really going to do this next year? But as soon as we got back on the road, driving back to Richmond, we just could not stop talking about what projects we want to do for next year, which yep. I thought was pretty cool. Yep. my I, I drove back with Steven, and our entire time was settling on uh, fluff for our doubles. That's right, Mork. You thought it couldn't be done. You said, oh, there can't be theme for doubles. Yeah, we're coming <laughs> for you. We're going to have theme. Yeah. It'll be glorious. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought Nova was going to be my, like, 30K fix for the year, right? Like, it mm. was just going to scratch the itch, and uh, I'd be done and, you know, move on to other things. But if anything, it just energized me, man. It just mm-hmm. pumped me up, and I just want to play – more 30k i want to play narrative 30k i want to play campaigns i want to do city of death out of book four um i just yeah i just i'm 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 fucking pumped man oh city of death i forgot about that that's good business we're gonna have to check that action out yeah yeah no definitely we'll we'll do that and and we'll we'll do strategic raids and um yeah i've got plans man yeah uh speaking of events if I might, unless you want to say, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Yeah, I was going to segue a little bit. Um, there are some upcoming events uh, here in uh, Virginia and also in London that I want to talk about. I got an email from a guy named uh, Nathan. He says, hey, guys, hope you guys are doing well. Longtime fan listener and love listening to you guys chat heresy whilst I work through my painting backlog of Marines, Beasts, and several objectives. I'm organizing an event on the 28th of September in London and still have 12 out of 40 places left to fill and would appreciate a shout-out. The event itself is a mashup of Jumanji, Dune, Pokemon, and Avatar and thought, hey, how about creating an event that blends all of this together? I've attached a pack and a few sample pictures of items such as event encounter cards along with companion cards that players receive at the end of the event for their takeaway beastie, i.e. dog tags, which can be used for future events. Uh, This is the second round of the event, which first ran back in March. Uh, Facebook group for this event is here, and doesn't really show the link, but it is called uh, The Flame Master Introduces the Deserts of Heliocentius 2 on Horse Heresy. I posted a link to this on our page, if you want to check it out. Uh, The pictures and the mission packets. Yeah, the stuff that guy's giving out looks crazy. This is ridiculous. This is top-tier Horse Heresy uh, campaigns. It looks absolutely amazing. Uh, if yeah, if this is the first time you heard of it, go check it out right now because it is well thought out. Uh, here's a, here here's a quick uh, overview of the event. It's a uh, forty great British pounds pound sterling Doctor Who money. Yeah, it's a uh, 40, 40 <laughs> Doctor Who a ticket. Uh, it is set on a desert planet full of murderous spiced jacked beasts. Uh, there are forty eight custom event exclusive relics. So he has a packet which has a whole slew of different relics that you can take for your characters. Uh, One per player max. Uh, You get event encounter cards. You get custom missions revealed on the day with custom purity seals. There are Forge World prizes. Forge World prize support, which is really cool. Uh, Pizza and donuts. Planetary empire tiles. General animal-related trauma. (laughs) Yeah, He's got an Eventbrite page. Again, you can follow the link on our Facebook page. And uh, yeah, like, is it a it's a one day event? 
Uh, I believe so. Yeah. And it is jam-packed. Like, yeah. he's got... No, it seems real good. Like, I was planning on saving my trip to England until, you know, after Brexit tanks the pound and it'll be real <laughs> cheap. But this almost makes me wish I had got my passport lined up a little sooner. Well, I need to check my passport because uh, I do plan to go to Heresy Weekender if it's uh, going to be there next <sighs> be year. Good. I'm going to do be it. Good. I'm going to do it. I got to do the Dark Angels. Got Yeah, no, it's the Hajj, man. You got to yeah. take the Hajj. Plane round, t- round trip tickets right now are dirt cheap if I plan well in advance. Nice. That's the idea. Anyway, but uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, the Flame Master. Yeah, and it? even if you don't, like, you know, you're like me, you're sitting on the wrong side of the pond for this one, check it out. Uh, just because it's some good inspiration for, like, running your own events. Like, yeah. The guy really has set up some really, really cool stuff going on. It's extremely thorough, and I kind of wish I would play it. And uh, also in uh, Hampton Roads, with Hampton Roads 30K, just down a little bit south of us, they're running an event at the Call to Arms, which is a historical event in Williamsburg. And uh, I had a quick interview with Ben. And take a listen. All right, I'm here today with Ben Marsh over down at uh, Hampton Roads 30K. I'm doing great, man. Uh, awesome. thank, you, uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, come on the show with you. Yeah, uh, sorry we didn't hit up earlier, but uh, I know you guys have an event in October. Heresy Call yeah. to Arms. Yeah. Um, uh, as, you, uh, as you remember, uh, um, back in 2018, um, the, the Richmond group actually were given the opportunity to start a uh, a heresy tournament at uh, one of the uh, one of the lo- I say local conventions in uh, Williamsburg called mm-hmm. the Williamsburg Muster, yep. um, and uh, you guys did a great job with it. You know, had a, an amazing time. It was one of the larger uh, heresy uh, oriented events. You know, uh, you know, in the area that wasn't it just one of the uh, the local gaming stores and. Um, yeah, in 2019, at the Williamsburg Muster, uh, unfortunately, the Richmond crew uh, they weren't able to uh, to head it up again. So um, uh, I, I took the opportunity to kind of spearhead that myself, along with uh, mm-hmm. uh, two of the other locals uh, here in Hampton Roads, uh, Rich Lansendorf and uh, Mike Ledoux. And uh, the event, by all you know, metrics, was a great success. Everyone seemed to have a really great time. It was um, a very good time. Yeah, I managed to make so, it down there myself, and yeah, had a great time. And yeah, it was awesome. And um, uh, during that event, I was able to uh, spend some time with some of the uh, convention organizers um, and really kind of give them a sense of what it is that we were about. And you know, we've been kind of pushing and growing the uh, the local 30k community here uh, for the last year because of it. And um, they were, you know, they were impressed. They really liked us have being there, and they're like, "Well, we're going to have another event in October called Call to Arms, and we would really love it if you guys were able to uh, put something on for that event as well." And uh, you know, jumped at that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the group is called uh, the Old Dominion uh, Military Society, and uh, it's just a local you know club. Uh, they traditionally deal primarily in historicals, um, as you can tell you know, from going to the, uh, any of those conventions, um, heavy historical bent. Um, so sure. stuff like Bolt Action, um, Flames of War, uh, Saga. So um, many six millimeter games out there on the. 
Yeah, there are a lot of six millimeter games games that I have never heard of in my <laughs> life, but it, like games that have apparently been around since you know decades before I was born. Games uh, where that, there's a uh, single, you know, like a single packet that was made 25 years ago and it's just been sitting in a Manila folder somewhere. It's like, oh yeah, let's <laughs> use these rules. Exactly. That's, I love it. That's actually a, a fantastic way of putting it. <laughs> um, but over the over the course of the last you know few years, they've been you know, it's a very open uh, kind of gaming group. So um, while they have the historical bent, um, you know, a lot of people are, you know, you know, dedicated gamers. So they're picking up, you know, other systems. It's not always just the, the most well-known or established ones, you know, the, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Warhammer and, you know, uh, War, uh, Warma Hordes, um, stuff like that. Just the big names. It's, it's uh, some of these almost, almost homebrew uh, <laughs> sci-fi or futuristic, uh, game systems and they've been bringing those in kind of piecemeal here and there mm-hmm. um some of the groups up there do like battle like old school battle tech not even the like the new edition rules um a couple of games are that are it kind of like um battlefleet gothic but instead of using uh the warhammer ships they it's like just bring whatever ship models you may have it's almost <laughs> kind of like a proto x-wing in a way mm-hmm. um so they they're keen on you know expanding into new territories, and I think that's one of the reasons why they were so uh, excited about having the uh, the Heresy Group come in in the first place. And um, so now that we have uh, kind of our foot in the door, so to speak, that you guys have established for us, uh, you know, I feel really good about the the progress that we're making. So back in um, 2018, we had about I want to say we had about. 12 or 14 players. Yeah, uh, I think it was, yeah. It was, it was around that number. Um, I think and we then had six we had, tables set up and two had to drop out last minute. So I think we had 10 players total, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's about right. Um, and then if the muster this year, we had, uh, we had seven tables and we had one floating player. So we had about 15 players and, um, this uh, for Call to Arms, we already have prepaid uh, seventeen players. Uh, in fact, you are you are my seventeenth. <laughs> um, so I have uh, right now. I have three spaces that are technically available. I've got a number of people who have already said, you know, I'd really be interested in going. But of course, you know, life poses its hurdles here and there. So sure. um, haven't gotten the uh, the final word on that one yet. But the the fact that you know. Uh, where you guys started it in 2018, you know, we're we're now on our third event and we're showing steady growth and our name's getting a little bit more pronounced in the area. That's that to me. That is, you know, that's where I want to be. Yeah, um, definitely. And truth be told, I don't know that I would want. I don't know that I could handle a you know a massive you know incursion of new players wanting to, like if I couldn't deal with you know, a 30 table event <laughs> that sure. just wouldn't work. <laughs> um, so it's it's good for us, uh, the local group, being able to to slow grow it, so that we can you know gives us time to bring new people into the to the community, uh, mm-hmm. kind of get them up to speed. Helps us build our collections because a lot of the stuff that we're using for the event, the terrain and whatnot, is you know just it's provided by us. It's just our yeah. personal collections, which I know you're. Com- Completely familiar with how that goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and, and we have been lucky that we've uh, gotten uh, some of the local gaming stores. You know, even though even if they're not giving us 
you know, monetary support, they are giving us uh, the support of, you know, using some of their materials, which is awesome. And we sure it's really almost just as important, if not more so. Oh yeah, definitely for, for where we are. Um, but I am really happy to say that this year for Call to Arms, uh, we do have our first uh, official prize sponsor, and that is uh, KR, uh, the uh, the makers of the uh, the, uh, the KR multi case. Mm-hmm. Um, so our our biggest prize support this year is going to be uh, uh, some really awesome cases. Um, in fact, uh, the one that I took with me to the Nova Open is a carbon copy of what's going to amount to be our, our I guess, quote-unquote, first place prize, um, which is a, a backpack-style uh, case that is more than adequate to hold a 2,500-point you know, army of, yeah. you know, of most builds. Yeah, uh, I, I, I own one of those myself, and it is massive. Like You can it's, hold quite a bit in there. Oh yeah, and I I did the custom foam route. I built a you know, since the majority of the players around here play a uh, a marine army. I mm-hmm. built a marine case, but if someone wants to swap some stuff out, it's exceptionally easy to do so and sure. very affordable. <laughs> <laughs> so they've been one of my favorite uh, companies for uh, for storage solutions for the last you know probably close to a decade now. So the fact that they're on board with us and um, helped us out with the prize support is amazing. So that's really uh, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm I am stoked. I think it's going to be an amazing event, and uh, I I just I know that for every event that we show, you know, positive growth, and it's you know, it, I have no reason to believe that this will be any less of a success than the last two. That you know, every year we're going to be able to get a little bit more uh, consideration from the convention, and I'm hoping that while I don't want to take it over, you know, I think that we could be one of the uh, main attractions for the event in the coming years, and that's that's an exciting place to be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love what you guys have been doing with it, and just seeing it grow is really cool to see. Oh yeah, and, and we 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 know where we came from, and we know that we we couldn't do this without the support not only of our you know our local groups, you know even other gaming groups, but uh, you know the the support that uh, we get from all of the guys up in uh, Richmond and surrounding areas who have you know they've they've come down to support us at various events. You know we we try to do some local. Uh, 30k style events here at some of the local breweries and the gaming stores and some, mm-hmm. uh, some of your players have come down to help us out with that which has always been you know amazing uh so just having a you know a support system like that it, like it it cannot be it, you can't give it enough praise like that for any group to to really succeed having a support group is it, it, man is it just it is vital <laughs> so the, the east coast 30k community as a whole has just been awesome. Like everyone just going back and forth between each other's events. It's, it's really neat. It, think, it, it really is. I think I mean, uh, Ryan came all the way down from Maryland to the last event. If I uh, he did not come to uh, 2019's muster. He did. Uh, he, uh, that's where he that's and right. I met was at the 2018 muster. Uh, in fact, uh, like we, we, yeah. got, we, we hit it off like amazingly. <laughs> And like we were really good buddies, and everything was great. And then he and I got matched up together, and I did some awful things to his death guard. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, great! I've lost a friend." But <laughs> but uh, I, he I, is yeah. uh, he is actually going to be uh, coming down uh, for this event as well. And some of the other guys from Maryland are actually making it down. I think I've got 
either three or four people from Maryland uh, taking the trip down, uh, which is awesome that we yeah. <laughs> are getting that sort of reach on this. So it just, and you're right, the, the East Coast 30K scene has been just amazing. And like, I just, you know, touched on it here and there. I knew, I knew some individuals that were amazing, but since Nova, I've had the opportunity to uh, kind of reach out to a, a, a broader range of people and, you know, you know, get invited to some of the Facebook clubs and whatnot to, and see what other groups are doing and how they're interacting with one another. And it is, it is amazing. In fact, one of my, I guess this is this is the, my moment of pride from uh, the Nova Open this year is uh, one of the guys who uh, was just he was kind of a lurker. Uh, his name was uh, his name was Andy. He was just walking around watching the 30k and like you've seen me in public. I tend to get loud and draw <laughs> some sort of a crowd every once in a while. He was my crowd for a little while. So he and I just talked and joked and just bullshitted about 30k and like I was you know telling him everything about it and uh after the event he messages me and he's like so i'm gonna start a community here in 30k there's i I am the only person here that is like no one else does it yet i'm gonna do it and i was like that's that is awesome like that is (laughs) that's the highest praise like you have talked me into this like uh i am first i'm i'm sorry for what i've done to your bank account (laughs) but like he this was the kind of guy like he was like he was really dead set on 40k but he's like no, like the 30k group was having fun. They're talking. They're they're they they actually show the the tenets of community that you, like you would you would want in in your gaming group where you know the 40k group just was they were all business all the time. Like and you know, it's a great game and I understand yeah. why people play it. But what I want from my hobby now is really exemplified by uh, 30k. And so being able to run events that you know showcase that and build it it's uh, it's a source of pride for me right now <laughs> definitely yeah i mentioned this last podcast so i'm sorry listeners but um i know when we were at nova this year uh, duncan from maryland i he hit it hit the nail right on the head he said that 30k is more like a car show 40k is a little bit more like a car race and i was like that's yeah that's pretty much it that is that's that's a, a fantastic way of doing it uh, or uh, describing it because mm-hmm. that's like, everyone's looking and seeing like how they've how you've tweaked your your models and what you've uh, your conversions your paint scheme and even if you're coming in with you know an old beater like, of an <laughs> army like I did this year like people were still quick to be like that's awesome mm-hmm. I can see what you're doing there I can and I can see that it will be awesome once you get some more time into it and, like everyone was just everyone is extremely helpful and you know, they want to give you praise and they just, they want to support you. Um, and that's just a, that's just a cool community to be a part of. So I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of it. I'm thankful for everyone that I've met, uh, because of it. And I'm hoping that, uh, with the success of these conventions, like, you know, not only can we build the 30 K community, but we can build some other gaming you know, community offshoots just from it. Sure. Um, I'm a firm believer that if, you know, if we can support one another, like everyone's growth affects everyone else positively. Mm-hmm. But you know, that, that's just how I've, I've always viewed it because I'm a, you know, I, I game a lot of different systems mm-hmm. or I at least try to whenever I have time. <laughs> <laughs> so I want there to be a booming, a community for everything. I don't want to have to go searching for people to you know, share my nerddom with. <laughs> sure. <laughs> cool. 
Well, thank you, Ben. Let's uh, hammer out some details here for the event because I don't think we even uh, brushed it. October 12th, I believe, is when the event starts. Yes, so the, so the call to arms, uh, the, the convention itself goes from October 10th, which I believe is a Thursday, uh, to the 13th, the Sunday. Uh, the thir- specifically, the 30K event is going to be on Saturday the 12th. Mm-hmm. Uh, registration will start uh, around 9 in the morning uh, is when we'll start getting everyone you know, con- centered in the room and we'll start pairings. I think the first game is going to start at 10.30. Um, like I said, we do still have uh, three spots available um, at the time of this recording. And This uh, is at the, uh, the Clarion Hotel in Williamsburg, Virginia? Yes, and they are... Right off of uh, Richmond Road. Uh, Yes, that is correct, uh, and they are still doing um, a convention rate. Um, I believe, I want to say it's eighty bucks a night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could be wrong about that one, but they are. I know that they are still doing some sort of special rate, uh, and they do still have uh, rooms available. I know I checked yesterday. <laughs> um, so uh, that if you can come and stay the night, that's awesome. I know that they're going to have a lot of different game demos, board games, uh, like library, and there's going to be other tournaments going around at the same time. We are going to try, actually, while uh, Saturday is going to be our official event, um, I think some of us are going to try to put together something you know, small uh, for Friday night mm-hmm. um, for, the, for the people that are able to uh, join in. Not sure if it's going to be something uh, like Apocalypse uh, or if it's going to be something more akin to... Um, like what, what opening salvo was, you know, just a variable uh, game size, kind of a meet and greet sort of game time. Um, that's going to depend entirely on when people show up. I know some people are looking to come in on Friday, but I, I think the majority of people are going to be coming in Friday or Saturday morning to uh, start the event and then leave Sunday. Gotcha. Um, right. But a registration is uh, 30 bucks. Uh, that does cover you for the entire convention. So if you want to uh, uh, prepay, um, that will cover you for not only entrance to the event, but to the convention as well. Um, and I would definitely urge anyone who has the ability to uh, show up to uh, come and support the convention. It's a lot of great people playing a lot of very cool, sometimes like games that you've never even heard of. So you know, yeah. definitely come and give it a shot. They've um, also got a little uh, bits market too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they do. Um, they, there's a number of vendors on site uh, for the uh, for the whole convention, and then on Sunday they do a uh, kind of a bits market slash, you know, um, just uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, swap meet sort of deal. Um, so it's there's a, and you never know what you're going to find. I've been to to the uh, swap meets, and like there's people are selling entire armies, um, or you know. For uh, 30k and 40k, uh, you know, Warhammer Fantasy, uh, every game system you can imagine, people have you know, have brought in there at some point. Um, so you never know what you're going to find. It's it's a true flea market. <laughs> yeah. And now, uh, listeners, if you want more information, be sure to check out check out their Facebook page at uh, Heresy at Call to Arms 2019. I believe that's the name of the group. Yes. Um, and you can also uh, reach out to me directly. Um, on Facebook uh, or via email at ben.c.marsh at gmail.com. More than, more than happy to answer any questions you may have. Um, this is a uh, narrative-style event. It is uh, meant to allow players of any skill level. So even if it's your first time going to an event or if you're a seasoned veteran, we want you there because you know we want to build – 
introduce you to the community right. Very cool. Uh, ben, thank you for uh, coming on and uh, sharing your event with us. Well, well, awesome. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me on, Jesse. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank you. And we're back. Just like that. Truly, it is podcast magic. Yep. I see you have Aeronautica Imperialis rulebook in your hands, Austin. Oh, yeah, I do. Do oh, you? Yeah, uh, I do. Do you care to talk about it? Uh, yeah. So, um, I'm going to preface this with... Oh, quick question. Has Jason, have you played? I have not. <laughs> uh, Dave, I think you've been playing, right? Or you got the stuff. Yeah, so, so, so Austin and I have been playing... Um, we're talking about Imperialis Aeronautica, right? That's right. Yeah, so definitely. Uh, we've we've played a few the, times. The we old version, some, yeah. The old version, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, to include the, the tactica, the scenarios, the ground defenses. Um, so I'd say Austin and I have, a, and Austin's played probably more than I have, um, but I'd say we have a very good understanding of what it was. Um, but I've not played the new... Uh, the new rules yet. Yeah, um, I took a look at it at at Nova. They had a demo table out. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately, because I think I'm the only person that's actually been painting planes, looking, judging, judging. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I haven't gotten a game in yet either. Um, (laughs) But I have read through all the rulebook. And for for those of you that somehow played and liked old AI, um, but haven't, looked at this at all it's the same damn game yeah um it it is like 90 percent the same the stats are even the same really uh yeah so there's a couple of small differences so the way it works uh, is obviously you you build a squadron of aircraft and you go to fight the other ones the there's a dogfight scenario in the main book but there are like bombing missions and all pretty much anything you can think of that happened with planes in world war ii Happens in Aeronautica. <laughs> History repeats itself. Indeed it does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, Dan Concrud. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, or maybe it's still my voice hasn't 100% come back. But anyway, so what you do uh, is you set them out on the table, and it's a hex-based system. And I know that annoys people. I know it does. Uh, especially the older people who were used to, oh, my speed three means I move six oh, inches or whatever. And I've come to the determination that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but you got to admit, I know you're really old school. You love your centimeters and BFG and everything like that. Yes. I was kind of surprised to so, see that you are uh, yeah. okay with the hexes. Right? Um, and it comes down to a couple but, of things. But, Austin, let me just jump in real quick because in, in old aeronautic imperialis it wasn't about centimeters and inches so much as it was about um you had cards right and i know Mm -hmm. austin's going to talk about this but the cards were how you move and it was really clunky because you know you have to take this piece of paper right and like (laughs) line it up with the edge of your base and then you pick your plane up and you move it and you put it on the other end of the card right like literally like a like a playing card right it was like more you just could not play that even like you could play it real gentlemanly with friends Mm -hmm. in 
any sort of even like casual sort of narrative tournament thing, sure. it would fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> because you just cannot do that perfectly. Yeah. So that's one even of the reasons. Even clunkier wings that's of war. one of the reasons why I don't mind the hexes so much. Mm-hmm. The other reason I don't mind the hexes is, so they've kept the same hexagonal base. Yeah. Right? Is it the same size or a little bit bigger? It's a little bit bigger. Okay. But the great thing is, so all of the stuff is ever so slightly bigger than the old stuff, but it's hex-based, so it doesn't matter. That's true. Uh, especially because this stuff is bigger, so your small stuff will just fit in the hexes better. <laughs> and make it look like they're uh, closer to the ground. Or higher in the sky. <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? But you're looking up. That's fair. <laughs> well, that's cool. But the other thing is, you so you count hexes for like range of weapons and stuff. Yeah. But not for line of sight. Okay. Line of sight is still based on your plane. So instead of like, okay, you can see straight ahead of you one hex and then two hexes and, you know, out like that. It's just a cone that's, you know, 60 degrees or whatever one-sixth of a hexagon is. I don't know. I was being John. 30 years ago. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't fuck with the line of sight. It keeps mm-hmm. that going. Um, and it means like Dave was saying, instead of the really clunky card system for your maneuvers, you just, you, you lay a token next to it. Cause it's still secret maneuvers, sort of like X wing. Yeah. yeah. Um, the flight path system. Yeah. Except this isn't that. So you've got your speed, which you set, um, you know, at whatever you want to start the game. Planes okay. have a minimum speed. If you drop below that, for whatever reason, bad Stall things out. happen. Yeah, um, You can't really go beyond that. Um, and that determines how many hexes you move. So if you're okay. going speed you know, three, you go three hexes. And then as long once you go that first hex, at any point you can do the maneuver, which okay. could be just fly straight. You just go another two hexes or... You know, bank to the left or the right or whatever, which is really nice. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, you're not having to put a damn card out. You're never going to mess up a maneuver. Uh, there's also a height system, which... Uh, yeah, I think it is my voice, because the more I talk, the the more interruptions I seem to be having. Well, um, give us a whole lowdown on uh, this Imperialis game, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, before there were ten, like height levels that mm-hmm. you could be at. Now there's only five, um, which is important because it collapses the battle space because in Aeronautica, yeah. both versions, you can only shoot up or down one height. Oh, okay. So if somebody's two heights away, you're just never going to hit them. You always, it's a D6 system. You always hit on fives. doesn't matter how good your pilot is, whatever, fives. Is that still the same way? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's a minus one for shooting up or down. Um, so... Mm-hmm. Sixes, and you just can't shoot any further than that. Yeah. Um, which, on the one hand, like having having half the amount of height means that you're pretty much always going to be able to shoot at somebody unless they're trying real hard to avoid it. Yeah. Um, in old AI, sometimes it was hard to pick a fight. Because sure. so, so the maneuver cards... Um, in old AI, you would like be able to dive and climb, and that affected your height. In this, you just do maneuvers and adjust height. So it doesn't, if you go, you know, if you bank left, you're not required to go up or down. Where in old AI, sometimes you were. 
Um, and that would mean like, oh yeah, hey, I, I did this banking dive because I thought you were going to be there and now I'm at height three, but you went up thinking I was going to go up. So now you're at height six and we just can't fucking shoot at each other. <laughs> like sometimes you would try to fight somebody and yeah. neither of you, like both of you were trying to fight and just couldn't get it happen. Repeat ad nauseum for at least half an hour. Right. So they've gotten rid of that. Um, on the other hand, it does take away some of the like, I, I don't want to say realism, but like the realism of, <laughs> you know, you have your high flying, you know, top cover that's trying to like dive down and like bombers trying to like, Oh, do I want to be really low so I can drop bombs? Or do I want to be high and avoid the flak of the ground? Yeah. Right. These are, these are vector thrust planes, right. That can go yeah. and break orbit and fly in the void, but they're Some still of them basically break orbit. You, yeah. Some of them, but they're still basically, you know, using like the aerodynamic principles of world war two planes. So, right. If you bank and climb, your speed has to go down, right? Like if you dive, and turn your speed has to go up, right? Not so that was some the of the real, one. but not in the new one. And that's not the sort the of I think one. that's that's maybe some of the stuff that Austin talking. And yeah, and they've they've finessed it a little bit. So like they don't specifically say, oh, this is a dive, this is a climb. P.S. You don't have to adjust your height or speed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's all a little more generic. Um, so you know you can still think in your head, all right, my pilot's di- like doing a diving turn or whatever um because i'm adjusting the height and all that so that's cool um i do like that they still have um pilot error leads to death (laughs) so in the old ai because sometimes you were forced to like slow down because you were climbing or you know dive and you you try and power dive and you accidentally dive you know three heights when you there's only two heights of space and you slam into the ground Mm -hmm. Um, they've actually kept the rules that once you've, you know, you've turned that speed dial or you've picked that maneuver, that's what you did. You're locked And in. if you accidentally flew into a mountain, boss, you done <laughs> fucked up and <laughs> flew into a mountain, uh, which I really like. Um, the mountain remains unmoved. Yes, the mountain is unfazed by this, naturally. Uh, the other big difference is... The unlimited ammunition of weapons. In old AI, <coughs> uh, in old AI, uh, you could buy things like Calstrike missiles and whatever, and those would be one shot, and that's still true. Mm-hmm. But things like the the Thunderbolts quad auto cannons, they used to only be able to shoot like three times in a game. Okay, and so if you think about it, you shoot three times in a game, you roll four dice. You hit on fives at best and then still have to like wound a plane to bring it down. Yeah. There were times when you'd fire off every gun every plane had and not kill somebody and just be like, well, shit, I'm out of ammo. I got to go. Not so in new AI. Your basic weapons are unlimited. Uh, To counterbalance this a little bit, they seem to have given most planes an extra extra hit point. Okay. uh, Which is cool. And like, it's not hard, right? Because all the other stats for the weapons are the same. So if you really want to bring in that, you know, historical, your plane only has 10 seconds worth of ammunition, just go find an old rule book. They're online. I'm not advocating you go download them, but <laughs> should you stumble across them and want to use the limited ammo rules, they're there. Just make a little counter. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, here's a D6. Every time you exactly. shoot, so take if the D6 down. If you're playing old AI and unlimited ammo is what's getting you, congratulations. You already have those rules. Quit complaining. you got new planes. And they are <laughs> hey, Austin, I also, like, I, I haven't looked at the campaign rules that are in um, Rin's War. I don't know if you have or not. I don't know if that changes anything. No. Uh, unfortunately, I totally spaced on buying it. And I was going to pick it up at our... <laughs> friendly local games workshop, uh, but they close at seven inexplicably on Wednesdays instead of eight, like every other day of the week they're open. So I did not purchase it and will instead be going to my FLGS tomorrow. So if you're listening to this sometime next week when, when, uh, when it releases, um, Austin and I both haven't looked at the new um, campaign rules. So there may be stuff in there like advanced rules. We don't know. We're just talking about the base box set and, uh, and those rules. So, We'll see. Yeah. And then there's some really cool stuff. Like there's uh, rules for if you're right behind somebody, you get extra shots. Mm. You essentially get a second shooting phase because you're tailing them, right? Yeah. It's a good place to be. You're just blowing shots on them. Uh, There are rules for dropping bombs, rules for hydras. You know, there's campaign and in-game rules for um, like ejecting. Yeah. Like if you you buy ejector seats because it's the Imperium of Man and they don't come standard... (laughs) Uh, but if you buy your pilot's ejector seats, uh, you have like, I think it's like on a five up or maybe a four up. They bail out safely. And instead of a hundred percent victory points, they only give up 75. That's cool. Which is a neat little like trick, right? Then you play a kill team game. Yeah. Right. Then you got to do a retrieval mission in uh, Necromunda and see if he makes it back. <laughs> uh, but all in all, I am super thrilled by this. And the models are gorgeous. Mm hmm. Like, I, I remember I owned one of the old Forge World Marauder Bombers for, for this game, uh, old AI, and I thought it was a beautiful sculpt. Like, at the time, it was amazing. It was so tiny and detailed and beautiful and lovely, mm-hmm. and it's garbage. <laughs> it makes me sad. <laughs> like, um, like, I got two of the new ones, and, like, yeah, they're a little bigger, so you can put more detail on them. But that's not really, like, you can tell that's not all that's happening, right? They, they have rivets. Like, you can yeah. count the rivets. I, I, I saw a picture you posted, and they look really cool. Yeah, and I've, I've had a ton of fun painting them up. I'm doing up the bombers. Uh, my dad's retired Air Force, uh, and uh, I've painted up the bombers in the colors of his, his old squadron as they were in World War II. So it's the classic, like, chromed-out bomber yeah. with some, like, Yellow and black checks and some diamond patterns and you know some nose art. Working on nose art, pinup girl naturally. Very cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. And soon I'll actually get to play a game, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be you and Dave for uh, for uh, for a while. I've got some backlog I need to uh, and Pat finish up. Pat has orcs. You can't oh, keep him out right. of a game that has orcs. <laughs> Everybody's just been giving Pat their orcs. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's pretty much the basics. Like, I don't think I missed. There are rules for like night fighting and bad weather and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, but uh, easy to pick up. It looks. Oh yeah, it no. Looks this fun. is this is the whole the whole rule book to include a quick reference, two pages of quick reference, and every stat for the planes that come in the starter box is thirty seven pages. That's pretty easy. And I think there might even be a couple of pages of fluff in there. 
Yeah, if there's like a page of fluff squadron list, yeah. No, it's it's real simple. And a lot of it is just like overly detailed explanation. Sure. Um, it's like examples. Yeah, you know, examples and like, well, if this and that and the other thing. So I got a quick question because I haven't even looked through it at all. Yeah. Um, for like uh, Imperial fighters and things, are there like, for lack of a better term, like legions or like certain squadrons you can play as that give certain rules? Um, or So the short answer is no. Okay. Uh, what there is is there's a couple of aces, mm-hmm. which uh, give special rules. There's the, the generic upgrade ace. Yeah. Uh, which lets you, once a game, just re-roll all the dice for that plane. Just one time. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, and then there are there is, for the Imperials anyway, because I only have the Imperial like cards that came with aces, there's a fighter ace and a bomber ace mm-hmm. and a special plane for technically each of them, but you don't have... Like, you can put somebody else in the plane and it's just, oh, look, it's... Gotcha. Um they're not much different. Like the Thunderbolt I think is two points more expensive and has an extra point of speed over a generic Thunderbolt. So like, it's cool, but it's not nothing crazy. It's like nothing nothing that you were like, you have to take this every single time. Yeah. No, not, not a must take by any means. I wouldn't think. Um, Yeah. And no, you know, there's no equivalent to playing dark angels. Unfortunately, like there's no, (laughs) yeah, it's the Imperial Navy. They, I'm good with it. More standardized than uh, most other branches of the Imperium. <laughs> like, everybody's got a Thunderbolt. Uh, and it looks like right now, I know they've previewed the bomber, the heavy bomber. Uh, they also have the Grot Bomber, which is one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite inventions of all time. Um, in old AI, I don't know how it'll work in the new one, because obviously the rules aren't out yet. But in old AI, you gave a bomber Grot Bombs, and then it would shoot out the bombs. And instead of rolling an attack like normal, yeah. you got a little tiny Grot airplane. <laughs> it was like strap a grot to a V2 <laughs> and it would have a limited amount of fuel so it would only stay in the air for like three turns <laughs> and it would just try and ram people and it was amazing so that okay yeah that's pretty cool yeah if you've been playing a lot of 30k and like miss that Xeno shenanigans there it is <laughs> that's right about as shenanigan as you can get yeah yeah um, and with the orcs getting two new planes I can only imagine the Imperials are also in for at least a couple more before the the end of uh, their initial run, I would assume a lightning because mm-hmm. that's just iconic. Sure. And um, I don't know. It depends. Hey, hey Austin, I, I have one question since you you have the cards, right? You bought the cards, yes, the aircraft and aces, Imperial Navy cards. Um, do you need those to play the game? So, no. But also, maybe. Yes. Um, <laughs> because, like, that's all your war gear, right? Like, that's the way you upgrade your planes, right? So, like, this is these cards are not like, um, they're not like uh, data slates, right? Where they're just sort of like convenient uh, references. I mean, they kind of are. Actually, they kind of oh, are. Okay. So, the, the rules for these are actually somewhere else. Yeah. So, like, there are rules for the Hellstrike missiles and Thunderbolts. Like, all of those are in the rule book. Like, the basic rule book that I have, they're all in there. Okay. Um, but it's still sort of handy. Uh, and it, it all depends, right? It depends on if you like tokens on your aircraft and out there or not. 
Because I could, I could very easily see, like, I, I'm going to enjoy them just to be able to, like, pull off missiles from things as I shoot. Mm-hmm. So I know like, okay. who's fired their missiles and who hasn't. Sure. Um, but, you know, if you're the kind of guy that doesn't like wound counters on their aircraft, okay, that's, you know, tail number seven. This is card for number seven. Put a wound marker right there. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, I don't like putting the order token next to the plane. I'm going to put it on the card. Yeah. Okay. That's. Stay I guess that was awesome. my question, right? Like, Inshallah. like art. Like, do you need these in order to have the rules, right? Or like, are these rules somewhere else? And these are just no, kind of the like... rules are somewhere else. However, if you are okay. like uh, how I've been playing, thirty k and forty uh, k for the past, who since third edition, <laughs> and you know, you you split a starter box with your buddy. And, uh, you know, he's going to teach you all the rules because you just wanted the planes and, you know, he put it in the extra 10 bucks to get the rule book. If you buy the cards, you're golden. <laughs> oh, God, sorry. Didn't get away from the mic fast enough it's on that all, one. Yeah, no, that's that's a great that's a great point. Um, and I'll say this. But you have all the, all the basic rules. Like, if you know the basic rules of the game, which, again, are not hard. Like, if you've got that cheat sheet, the the book has a couple, like, Standalone, like the BFG cheat sheets, got two of those in there. So if you have one of those and you have your deck of cards, you can play the game. Gotcha. What were you saying yeah. about the box set, Dave? Yeah, so I'm, and the box set really uh, is great value for money. So if you guys want to get into this, buy the box set. Buy as many of the box sets uh, as you think you, you can get or want because... Um, just do a qu- you know, simple online math, right? Go to Games Workshop store, look at what it costs to get two Thunderbolts and two Marauder Bombers. Mm-hmm. Um, you're almost there, right? Yeah, like I mean, you're that's really sixty almost- bucks right there. How much is the box yeah. set? Ninety. Oh, that's it. Yeah, the box set is real reasonable. Um, and a I pair think of it's ninety. Pair, yeah, but it's still and a pair I of mean, a pair of Marauders is forty yeah. bucks. Yeah. Um, that, a pair of the orc bombers is forty bucks. I think like all the uh, plane boxes are forty bucks. Yeah, uh, the only the only difference is the thunderbolt box comes with four. Um, the dacajet box I think comes with six. Oh, okay. Um, but again, it, like there's yeah, easily ninety bucks of plane just in there. So you're getting the rules agreed. for free, all the tokens for free, all that sort yep. of stuff for free. So it's a really gotcha. good buy. And conversely, if you don't want that. Um, I don't know where the game will settle into, uh-huh. but a hundred points is sort of what they recommend, and that's four thunderbolts. Well, there you go. Four thunderbolts is depending on the way you build them, twenty-one or twenty-three points of playing. Missiles are two points a piece. You can't exceed a hundred points. So mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there. Yeah. It's a it's a real cheap game to get into, weirdly enough. Does sound like a lot of fun. Maybe I'll convince Carol. You'll, you'll come over. We'll we'll have a yeah. we'll have a dogfight or two. She'll she'll have a Yeah, she'll take the orcs. Yeah, she likes orcs. Exactly, they're fun. Well, guys, this is a. You guys, got anything else you want to talk about? Nope. Jason, look like you're about ready for bed. <laughs> uh, Dave, you got anything you want to talk real quick? No, I don't think so. Thanks for hanging out and 
for us that, you know, we're uh, waiting for, for us to come back. We're back. Yep. And uh, <laughs> we're going to have some really cool stuff uh, in the in the near future. Yes. So, um, yeah, stay it's tuned. Exciting. Yep. Uh, <laughs> got anything, Austin? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, so not the first weekend of November, because I think November 1st is like a Saturday. Um, but that following Saturday, which theoretically is the 8th of November... Battlegrounds, Titan Walk, doing, a, bum, doing an bum, AT bum. event. It'll be exciting. Walking with the Titans. Yeah, I got no further information right now. Uh, I don't. I haven't decided on a points level. I haven't decided what's going on. Uh, but it'll be a good time. There'll be shiny medals handed out and uh, eyes to the air, ears to the ground. Yeah, prepare yourselves. The ninth is a Saturday. My <laughs> sources are telling me. Um, so yeah, I believe it is that date. Look for my post. Very cool. And, um, folks, thanks again for listening to us. Um, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I feel like I'm forgetting something there. Follow us anywhere at RR30K Podcast, and you'll find us. Just Google it. Put it yeah, in the just Google, Google follow everything that comes up. Um, huge thanks to our uh, Patreons for help making this possible. Without you guys, it'd be a whole lot more difficult. <laughs> for have the- got these nice microphones. Yeah. Yeah, everything sounds a whole lot nicer. Um, shout out to uh, Alex Self, Chris Mack, Gardner of the Tree of Woe, and Joe from Music City Heresy, top tier patrons this month. Uh, welcome to our new patron, Duncan. That's all his name says is Duncan. Could be Duncan from Maryland. I don't know. But uh, thanks for joining us. And um, if you guys uh, want, we also have now a uh, Kofi, Coffee, Kofi account. So if you just want to just shoot a few bucks our way without having to worry about a monthly subscription, go right ahead. I won't stop you. We appreciate it. It is, is go to our Facebook page, mm-hmm. like us on fa- Facebook, and then just follow us because all the events are there. Like yeah. Yes. The, every, we have like a little even, event tab, right? Yep. And even yeah. events that are ours. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah pretty much to, anything yeah. that comes up in like the oh, East Coast of Harrison. Yeah, hang on. There was something. Um I have voicemail. Voicemail. <laughs> oh God. Heresy grad school voicemail. Gotta find Google Voice. Okay, this is uh from Alex. I'm gonna play this and uh let I'm gonna let you guys figure this one out. He's got a question for you guys and a conspiracy theory. Pretty far out there, but uh pretty interesting. So I'm gonna play it. Hey there, guys. It's Alex from Down Under. Um, That's Australia. Loving your show, obviously. That's why I'm a patron. Everyone listening, join the Patreon. All the cool people are there. Thank you, Alex. I was reading Book 8, um, and there's a little uh, section of in the Selected Encounters of Esoteric Phenomena. In 881M30, the Magin Talk Transgression. During the devastation of the second Rangan Xenocide, a base mechanic bar breaks the cordon of the galactic northeast to make its impact at Magin. The Death Guard Legion in pursuit are decimated as the macro beast within it is activated by unknown means. Only the quick thinking intervention of the Sixth Legion prevents disaster. So, leaving aside the um, how unrealistic the idea of quick thinking Sixth Legion is, this is another <laughs> Rude, thing Rude as fuck. And I've got this sort of uh, long standing conspiracy theory that the 30K universe and the 40K universe aren't in the same universe. And the Rangdan Xenocide is the sort of core of this conspiracy theory, where 
uh, during the xenocide, you've got in that little section, the Death Guard Legion is decimated by this one bark, or at least the force pursuing it is. Uh, in the third random xenocide, we've got 50,000 uh, First Legion Legionnaires alone killed during the third random xenocide, leaving aside all other legions, first xenocide, second xenocide. That's a lot of dead studies. But then you jump over to High Fleet Behemoth, which is the first Tyranid invasion. And this is this is built of this grand galactic galaxy threatening invasion. And the Ultramarines lose less than two hundred people. Now, what do you really think is up with that? Is this just sort of dodgy hand wavy writing? Um, are the Tyranids not that scary, but everyone in the forty first millennium is kind of weak? Or are we gonna go with a theory that there's been some, you know, moment where the two universes diverge apart. You've got a 30K universe and it's all its grim industrialness and the 40K universe and it's bright and shiny and, you know, no one ever dies. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on that kind of conspiracy? Have a good day. Um, keep your dice rolling too. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. You got thoughts, Jason? All right. One thing... I've heard a couple of times that I really like, and I think it's a very firm, like, kind of division and theme setting ideas between the 31st and the 41st millennium is one of scale. Mm -hmm. uh, so way, way back in third edition, and I have no idea how the fluff has been updated since then. Uh, the last time I checked in on 40K, I think, was halfway between 6th and 7th edition. I've got no idea what's going on now. But, uh... Uh, the battle for Armageddon was one of like the biggest campaigns, supposedly like one of the biggest ongoing conflicts in the entirety of the setting. And it had almost a full 20 chapters of uh, Space Marines involved, which was, I mean, of the time, you know, third, fourth edition or so, pretty much unheard of to dedicate that many, you know, Space Marines to one engagement. Uh, but at an absolute maximum, that would be 20,000 Space Marines if every single Astartes from, you know, each of those 20 chapters was there. Uh, conversely, that's... Um, that's less than died in the opening engagement of the Kalth conflict where the word bearers launched the Campanile into the orbital defenses and the planet. So more Astartes died in that initial deal, like just the opening shot of the whole betrayal at Kalth. The than, first 30 seconds of Kalth. Yeah. Then we're actually involved. And I think it really goes to... Like, you know, during the Great Crusade, this was like the height of humanity, right? Like the emperor had never been closer to achieving his grand vision before he, you know, ended up, you know, getting in his own way time and time again. But that's neither here nor there. And by the time we've hit 40K, this is like the Mad Max of space, right? It's like everybody's fighting for those last holdouts of resources, like a thousand space marines, which would be an engagement that's like a footnote in 30k is now like, you know, the sway of an entire, you know, seg you know, system in 40k. Yeah, and uh 
just just to compare the the Rangdon Xenocides to the Tyranid invasions, that's not something I'd thought about before. Um, and it is interesting because the Rangdon Xenocides do not fuck around. And if you're gonna poo-poo the Sixth Legion, like they're the reason those didn't work, all right? Or perhaps did. I don't know what it means by xenocide. Um, Killing aliens. Well, the first thought was, <laughs> well, it was when we xenocide the Rangdons, but it happened three <laughs> times. So right. either tw- two of those were whoopsie daisies, <laughs> or it's what the Rangdon called it when they tried to xenocide us. Mm. Um, which is one of my little conspiracy theories. <laughs> See, I always thought it was something, and I hope I don't sound super stupid when I say this. I always thought it was like Rangdan was a place and it was the campaign of xenocidal extermination of whatever Rangdan is. No, that it's a it's a species. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um which is a really interesting concept. And I've looked into this a lot. Um just because I'm fascinated with the dark corners and trying to figure out what happened to the second and eleventh and my legion, the wolves, best legion, Alex, don't you forget it, <laughs> uh, feature, I can't say prominently because there's nothing prominent about the Rangdon Xenocides. Everything is very hush-hush. Mm. Um, but it's interesting that you compare them to the Tyranids because that is, in 40K, a real big problem. Sure. Um, they, you know, you talk about, yeah, the Ultramarines only lost a couple hundred, um, but there was at least two chapters completely wiped out. Um, a third reduced to less than 100 Marines. But that's still not a lot. Like when you, in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's like uh, yeah. maybe maybe 5,000 Astartes when all up. Fractions of entire legions were yeah, straight five, up wiped 5, out. 5,000 Astartes is, I mean, shit. 50,000, Well, no, I, I'm a... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like... The Ultramarines wiped out 4,000 Sons, and uh, nobody remembers. <laughs> you know, like, it's a footnote in one book. You'll never hear about it again. Um, so, yeah, and it, I think it is a matter of scale. It's also a matter of uh, the military, I guess, style of, of the 31st and 41st Millenniums. Because in the 31st Millennium, Astartes fight wars. Like, Astartes are frontline. They're the ones you put in front of anything that's big and nasty. And you kind of seal the gaps with solar auxilia or militia or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 40K, it is exactly the other way around. The guard is the frontline and a lot of cases the only line. And it's only when, you know, shit's gone beyond desperate that you have to bring in the space Marines because there's, you know, there's a million of them. If they even show up. Yeah, for a whole galaxy, you know. One of, one of my favorite scenes is uh, in one of the Gaunt's Ghosts, a junior commissar, Ludd, is around, and uh, they're doing, you know, a fancy mission, and they get three Space Marines mm-hmm. for the mission. <laughs> and Ludd's kind of like, to, to his, the senior commissar, like, when do the other ones show up? And like, the other what? The rest <laughs> of the Space Marines. Like, when do they show up? Like other commissar, you know, big experience. He just looks at him like, bro, we got three. Do you understand what a like <laughs> immense clusterfuck this is going to be that they thought they needed to give us three space Marines? <laughs> like you out of your mind? <laughs> um, Good stuff. So yeah, I don't think you can really 
judge the problem uh, 30K to 40K based on the number of Marines that go down in a fight. Uh, just because, you know, hey, if I throw 30,000 Marines at a problem, of course more of them are going to die than if I throw 10. Um, but on the other hand, yeah, I would say that the ranked and Xenocides, just from looking at everything kind of around the corners that has been released, definitely were a bigger problem mm-hmm. than the Tyranid invasions. Because uh, like Jason said, this is the height of mankind's power. You know, they've, they're uniting the galaxy. The legions are on the march. Horus is the best guy in the world. And these almost broke all of that. <laughs> like, yeah. They probably got at least one legion, maybe two, and pushed at least another three almost to the break. Because mm-hmm. the first, uh, the wolves and the death guard, all kind of got rocked a little bit yeah. at various times. Uh, and that was full on, like full legion deployment. So you figure they put five legions, full legions of marines into a fight. <laughs> And it's still only... It's hard to wrap my mind around what... Yeah, and you still have to do it three times, right? Like, (laughs) they still came back for two other goes after the first one, so it's just craziness. Um, Yeah, so I don't don't know. Dave, you got any any thoughts on this? Uh, Dave had to drop out. Oh, Dave had to drop out. Dave has no thoughts on this. Dave's thoughts exactly mirror mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Six Legion opinion and everything. Yes, naturally. (laughs) Uh, folks, if you want to ask a question, go to our voicemail at 1-929-HERESY-1. That's 1-929-HERESY-1. Leave a voicemail, and we'll play it. Probably. Also, I'll <laughs> answer them smarter next time. Now, that already sounded smart. Yeah, like, we'll have some prep next time around. I'm going to have to listen to this again and see if we, we missed anything. Make some more thought into it. Is well, Rangdan just... a place? I don't remember. <laughs> we're here to help I'm pretty sure the Eldar are also a planet oh they're certainly not important <laughs> again listeners uh, thanks again for listening have a good night keep those dice rolling my name is Jesse here with Jason and Austin I'm, li- I'm going in circles have a good night keep those dice rolling my name is Jesse <laughs> we're trapped I'm- in this oh, no! endless like no, no you hang up first <laughs> you hang up first <laughs> have a good night Bye, guys. Bye.